I'm going to read you a text message, dude, that I saw. All right, go for it. It's not mine, okay? It's just a text message I saw. Okay, so it says, okay. um, are you free at all this weekend? And the other mm-hmm. person says, I'm kind of already seeing someone. And then the other person <laughs> says, that's nice. We still have eight slides to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The confidence to assume that when someone's asking if you're free, you're just like, oh, it's because you want to date me? Legit. Like, no, Susan. I just need to know if you're going to chip in for the project. everyone welcome to another episode of older but not smarter i am eric and of course uh as per usual i'm joined by my partner in crime over here danny uh thank you all so much for the support on the podcast um once again a big shout out to emily for joining us last episode because she was uh, absolutely absolutely awesome um and also to chloe uh for sending us that question uh last week by the way um, don't forget, if you want to send a message, you can do so. There's going to be a link if you're listening on Spotify. There should be a link provided uh, over at the episode description. If you are listening on Anchor, um, it should be uh, over there in the main uh, podcast page. As per usual, I will leave it up to DG to um, introduce us to what we're talking about today. DG. All right. This week, we are talking about... COVID, what we've lost because of it, and how the world would perhaps will perhaps move on. Right. With and it. I know and I know that COVID is such a uh is um I don't know, a wearisome topic, maybe. Mm. Like it's been something that's been talked about uh a lot and it's still being talked about. But unfortunately it's the reality we're living in. And uh, oh Here's something. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this news, DG, but uh, New Zealand, who has had a great track record with COVID, apparently mm-hmm. they have not. They're now switching their game plan to mm, yeah, uh, yeah. To instead of uh, wanting to eliminate COVID entirely, they're just going to try and live with it, which is yeah. a big thing. Uh, because, um, yeah, out of all the countries in the world, I think New Zealand had was on top of their game uh, with their For response. Sure. Yeah. And so even they have said, you know what? This isn't going away. We're just going to have to learn how to live with it. I actually have no questions. So I will ask you a question mm. off the top of my head. Um, to okay. start... Um, how have how has it been for you like adjusting to life with COVID? You know our quote unquote mm. new normal. We've had it for about two years now, so. I mean, what was the most challenging thing for you? What was the easiest thing to live with? Uh, I mean, right now, right now it feels like, yeah. When when we when the phrase "new normal" was starting to make the rounds, mm-hmm. and everyone was just spouting it, now it really does feel like it's not new anymore. It's just normal. This is life yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do remember in the early days 
how different it really felt. Like that was the time mm-hmm. of Dalgona coffee, of TikTok, <laughs> of yeah, of going out like going out every week to Villa Market to buy snacks, and my 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 desks was strewn with with all these snacks and having to wear masks and all that, and uh, malls were closed down. And that was so different. And that was also like the time when we live in Bangkok, right? And Bangkok mm-hmm. traffic is horrible. And you yeah. go out and roads were clean. Um, mm. And I think it's it's still kind of the case right now because I, I do remember there was a time um, I was driving around with, uh, with a friend a few nights ago. And because we still have a curfew that's until what? Uh, that goes into effect 10? at like 10 yeah yeah, yeah 10 mm-hmm. um uh and we were on the road at like seven or eight and the roads were so clean and that was never the case in bangkok like mm-hmm. it's never the case in Bangkok. I, I i've gone home at like two in the morning and traffic was there so <laughs> <laughs> um it's it was just so weird but nowadays it's just yeah it's normal now uh <laughs> Uh, adjustment wise, I mean, I love, I, I love staying at home. I'm a, I'm a bit of a homebody. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even at that time, there was still like every, at least every Sunday, because anytime I'm assigned to like worship lead or play guitar or sing at church or the mm-hmm. online church, you know, I would still see people. So it's not like I was really cut off from anyone. And also I'm living with my parents. I'm also living with my parents. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, going from having to stay at home uh, from, you know, not uh, from being in the office or being able to travel or to go out. It really didn't uh, bother me that much. I do miss traveling. I miss mm-hmm. uh, I miss riding a plane and I, I think I was still able to go on, I was actually able to go on a plane this year. Was it this mm-hmm. year? Yeah, it was this year because I went to mm. I went to an island over here in in Thailand for a review. So mm. that was still pretty cool. I was like, oh wow, I actually uh, I was still actually able to travel somewhat. Um, the biggest challenge that I had was, I guess, dealing with my grandmother's death in the midst of um, in the midst of COVID. Um, and we're, we're Filipinos and I don't, uh, I don't know DG, if you've ever been to like a Filipino, uh, funeral or mm-hmm. like a Filipino, how do you call it? They call it Lamay in Tagalog. Um, it's like, you know, the mourning period. Yeah. Like usually, the service. Yeah. The, um, not really, the, not really the service, but like the burial, like mourning period where it's like. I guess like three days or maybe even a week before, uh, before the, uh, before the person gets buried, there's usually something like that. There's usually like a mm. week where, you know, um, you, uh, friends and family come over and all that. Uh, but my grandmother died in the midst of COVID and that wasn't, that wasn't possible. Uh, yeah. there was, there was no proper service. There, there was nothing like that. And because she and because she died, and um, uh, 
because there were circumstances surrounding her death, uh, um, she was she was labeled a possible COVID death. And so yeah. it was basically like, okay, she needs to be cremated right now. And so I think, yeah, so I think she died early morning. She was cremated later that night. That was it. It was like that quick. So uh, not only not only not only that, not being able to like bury her properly or mourn her proper, mourn her in the traditional way, I guess I would say. Yeah. But also not being able to go home um, mm-hmm. to do that. And I, I, I mean, uh, I realized that because for uh, she was the last living grandparent I had. Um, for all my grandparents, they all died while I was here in Thailand. For all of them, I had gone home. And I would arguably say that I guess this, uh, this grandmother of mine, um, she was the closest one. She was the closest grandparent I had. But unfortunately, she was the one I couldn't go home to bury. So that was that was something that I had to deal with, um, and I think that was the biggest um, the biggest uh, hardship I would say in terms of uh, the pandemic. How about you, DJ? What's your what's the hardest thing you had to um, you had to go through? First off, sorry about your grandma. <laughs> Thanks. Man. I mean, I know we talked about this already, but just to hear it again, it's like. It's obviously very difficult for you. Thanks, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the hardest part of the pandemic, I think, was just knowing I didn't have a choice. Because I like mm. staying home. I always talk about how, like, oh, I'd prefer to stay home. But then, like, knowing, like, if I wanted to go out, I couldn't. It's just, like, right. having your my freedoms limited. And that's kind of what got to me. And I had to find ways to entertain myself at home like i started baking banana bread just like everyone else in the world um and i tried why, to why like, didn't i get why didn't i get a taste of that banana bread bro because they all turned out pretty subpar i didn't want to ruin your taste palette <laughs> um come on yeah. man so i just started like cooking a lot at home and then yeah it was just that feeling of is it always going to be like this? Like if no matter how hard I tried, like if I, I was also trying to send out job applications at this time. Right. Yeah. Felt Like I was kind of trapped and my life couldn't and wouldn't go anywhere because of the situation. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Water, water, bro. Water, water. COVID. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. I'm sorry. I'm keeping that in. I am keeping that it's in. It's so insensitive. I'm sorry, audience at home. <laughs> I just swallowed my spit the wrong way. And <clears throat> it's so weird because that happened to me like yesterday too. I was just, oh, oh really? yesterday? Yeah, or like Sunday. Yeah, I was drinking water, then I swallowed it wrong, and then I just went bleh, and just coughed. <laughs> but no, but, but I'm curious too. Uh, um, how did you deal with that? Because I'm because I think that might have been very nerve wracking for you because you were at a point when the pandemic hit, you were at a point where you didn't have like like we're saying you were sending out job up applications and then suddenly the whole world seems to like halt and the yeah. whole the, the pandemic stopped this and then um, 
uh, and then suddenly there's like questions of well yeah are there going to be jobs is this going to be um are they going to be hiring so how did you how did you deal with that well first it was grieving the job that i was supposed to have that right. backed out on because of the right. pandemic so i oh, worked gosh, really I- hard for six months for them to I- offer me a job and then ghost me I forgot like, oh, about we want that. you to start right away. And I was like, oh, I can start Monday because I literally just flew back like yesterday. I'm still unpacking. They're like, okay, Monday. And then but the, the news of the pandemic was still like, you know, is gaining traction. And I guess yeah. they just kept putting it off and putting it off and be like, actually, we're hiring no one and the hotel is going to close down. I work in the hospitality industry. Right. Well, before, but yeah. If anyone needs context for that, and the and uh, and the thing about it is, I was I was right in front of DG when she received that call. Yeah, which Eric is, saw my tears. No, but which is why which is why I'm I'm so surprised because I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot that that was the beginning days of the pandemic because we were outside, mm-hmm. we were having at coffee Tim at Hortons. Tim. We were having coffee at Tim Hortons. So I just realized that oh wait we could still go out at that time but that was the time when um when covid was already happening. Mm. Um yeah that was insane. But anyways, yeah, how did you how did you deal with all that? It was just a lot of like well crap. Like my <laughs> prospects are like what am I do because I put all my eggs in this one basket. Right. And then I realized like I guess I just have to just keep going. I can't just wine and winnie so i just linkedin jobs db kept sending out resumes every day until something clicked hardly anything did because i'm also a foreigner which means mm. that there's a lot that goes into hiring me and it was just like a stroke of luck where i was invited to this networking opportunity when you know it wasn't super locked down anymore like i think it opened up it was like another a soft opening and i attended a uh networking event for women and that's where i met my boss and she gave me her card and i remember emailing her emailing a lot of the people i met that night actually being like oh it was really nice to meet you um very interested in what you talked about I wasn't really expecting a job I was even like an internship I was like willing to just do an internship because I wanted to do something with my time I had all these skills all these capabilities and they're being wasted because either no one would hire me and also just stuck at home yeah so yeah and it took her like months to answer my email because you know she just started her business and it was taking off when she finally got down to the bottom of her 1000 email inbox she was like oh there's there's that girl that i met the network event she was like hey danielle would really love to meet you and but that's uh, so cool though it's so cool that they still going. yeah it's so cool that yeah, they were still able to find that email. i love my boss mm-hmm. yeah so dg still has a job oh dg, DG I, did. I have a job it. now and i very much love it and i appreciate everything i get to do there right no, but I I just I can't imagine having that sort of having those thoughts just run through your head of whether you are going to get a job or not because you were you are a fresh graduate, right? 
I like, was, yeah. When the pan well, when the pandemic hit. Like, well, technically I graduated in November, but the uh ceremony wasn't until February, but yeah, and that's kind of when it kicked off in right. Bangkok, like January, February. 2020, right? 2020, yeah. So November 2019, you were already graduated. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But um, that, I considered that like, oh, it's vacation time from here. I, I went to the Philippines and spent time with my dad. And then when right, I flew back yeah. in the new year, I was like, all right, it's job time. Because I, I knew I had an interview two weeks into January with the hotel that was supposed to hire me. I was like, it's it. I'm going to start my career and I'll probably never have free time again. And little did I know. You would have all the free time you would want. <laughs> all, of the, all of it in the world. Oh, yeah. I just and remembered again. I just remembered again that it was you went home right before COVID hit. Yeah. And and we actually saw each other in the Philippines. We hung out yeah, for a bit. Yeah, we did. But mm-hmm. and and it's a good thing. I, I mean, that still felt like uh like a few months before but it's a good thing that you were still able to come back here before yeah. all the you know before all these things hit you all know a funny thoughts like i remember i was flying to and from bangkok and manila so often that was like oh you know maybe i don't like traveling as much i'm sick of traveling in planes <laughs> little <laughs> did i know when i flew back to bangkok i would never fly back to the philippines for two years, <sighs> yeah, two years and counting. Yeah, it used to be. It used to be that you went home like every year, right? Mm, yeah, when I started university, but not in high school. We couldn't really afford it. Well, how is it for you? Like now, you started your, you started a job, you started your career, and you started it in the middle of a pandemic. How is that like? I mean, it's it's a new normal. You know, it's like. I've for a while I've I only ever met my bosses online. The only reason I know my uh the CEO of my company was cuz I met her in the networking event, but since then I've only met her in person once after that, which is like mm. for team drinks. And that's it. I haven't seen her ever. She's not even in this country anymore. She's in Belgium. <laughs> so every time I talk to her it's just through video. And team drinks, guys. Yeah, team drinks crazy. are a thing. It was it, going out for drinks with people was a thing in 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 the past. Oh right, in the, like right right now, alcohol is banned. No bars banned, are open. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's just like lots of emails, video calls, and you know, feeling very anxious every time Facebook Messenger like dings in my phone because it's like, is that a friend or is it my boss telling me I have to like get this done <laughs> within a certain time period? Right, and yeah. I think we and I think we were talking about that. Um, we were talking we were talking about that a bit before we started, right? About about having uh, having to go into the office or not having to go into offices anymore, having to work from home. And I think there is um, there's some ho- positives and negatives to both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this pandemic really did showcase that there's a lot of jobs that could be done right at home. Um, yeah. and maybe jobs that don't really need an eight hour like office time. 
Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to be there uh, from nine to five. It, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's fine. You could. Uh, You're so lucky. Your work day is nine to five. I mean, I mean, my work day. I mean, my work day is flexible. You know what my my work is like. Yeah. It's not even nine. Eric's to five. a writer, so yeah. Yeah, it's not even nine to five. Uh, but I think it just showed just how just how ingrained like work culture is around the world now that it has to yeah. be eight hours it has to be this it has to be that and if you're not in the office you're not doing work and then suddenly all that collapsed yeah. and suddenly people found out that oh wait i could actually work from home um it actually mm-hmm. um this actually works but at the same mm-hmm. time there's also that downside like you were saying of how oh i'm supposed to end work at so and so hour and then I'm not supposed to be working now, but then, you know, because you're at home, it could just, you know, it just blurs. And for yeah. people with, for people with like kids or for people who are living with other, uh, with other people, it's also, um, it's also somewhat, uh, I don't know, troublesome maybe, or I guess, yeah, uh, yeah I guess it's, it, it's sort of troublesome because uh, especially if you have like kids, how are you going to handle like, kids while you're working at home i mean i'm fortunate enough that i don't really have meeting i don't really have a lot of meetings i don't really mm-hmm. need to have to be on zoom a lot or whatever uh, because mm-hmm. um even though uh because I, I still i have people living with me my brother does online school at next door and he screams i don't know why <laughs> but he for some reason, even though, you know, even though in Zoom, it doesn't really matter if you scream or speak in a normal voice. There's a microphone, right? Uh, it doesn't make a difference. But he's <laughs> screaming with his classmates um, in the other room. And so if I was on Zoom, um, <laughs> they would hear they would hear someone else screaming on the other room. Um, but yeah, so I think there there is some highs and other some positives and negatives too. Uh, working home and not being in the office I think working from home definitely alleviated like the burnout people have from working in an office and just sort of getting rid of this mentality of that grind you know Uh where you like constantly have to be working to feel like you're being productive it's like you know there's you can segment a certain part of your day to achieve your work tasks and it's just as effective if not more so than working like a 10-hour shift right because me when i have projects i do four hours of complete focus where i don't leave my desk at all and i can get all, all this work done as opposed to if i was in an office and i knew i had these tasks and i had to i knew i had to be there till like 7 p.m i would just space it out throughout the day and and during times where I'm not working, I'm just like talking to my boss or someone's making me do like a silly errand, like refilling paper. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, paper. well, to be fair, I was an intern back when I was working in the real world. Right. Um, and that's all. Oh, they wait, no, I just remembered I had another job before I had this job. Remember the restaurant thingy I worked at? Right. I, I, mean, could, I think it was so traumatic I blocked it out. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I mean, that was like, that was barely a job though. Yeah, I mean. It was, it was, it was like they, a gig. 
It was a gig. They tried to hire me at the end of my probation period. And I said no, because I was already getting a feel of the work culture there. And it, it clearly wouldn't be healthy for me. Right. So I said no. And even if I was like at a point in my life where I was like desperate to find work, desperate to have something to do. I stood my ground and I said no, because I knew in the long term I would not be happy there. And now I have a job that I do love. Yeah. Yeah. So let mm-hmm. that be a lesson to ever, to anyone who's listening that, yeah, you don't have to settle for less, even though it's, even though it's a pandemic, yeah. even though you, even though you've got, um, even though maybe you're desperate to find, uh, to find a job, yeah. don't settle for less. And, yeah. I mean, I was very privileged to be able to make that decision because my dad is supporting me. Um, right. At this time, at that time when I wasn't, I didn't have a job. Yeah. I know other people don't have that privilege. Yeah. So okay. I, I guess I was, we should I say very, that too. I was very lucky to be able to make that choice. Right. Yeah. I understand not everyone can make it. That's true. That's true. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Um, mm-hmm. We are, uh, I think you and I, both of us, we are in that, uh, I would say we're both blessed in that aspect of, of jobs because yeah, you were, you were able to say no because you had the privilege of doing that. You had mm-hmm. the privilege of still uh, being able to have a home, have food on your table, um, even yeah. though you didn't have an actual job. And even for me, uh, at my at my work, um, you, I was also blessed enough that I didn't have to get laid off or I didn't really have to take that huge of a pay cut or anything like that. Um, and yeah, living, uh, I think we, I, I think we talked about this. Did we talk about this on the podcast before about like Filipino, uh, about a, like Asian culture and the difference of, um, oh, yeah. I'm not during toxicity. We kind of mentioned that. Yeah, That's there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, we mentioned that a bit where we're like, uh, yeah, living with parents is sometimes looked look down upon in like Western cultures, but for us, it's okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's, um, it's been, sorry. It's been a great help being, uh, being with my parents, living with, uh, living with my parents and living with my younger brother. And I think for anyone who's, uh, anyone uh, in the West would hear that. Like the, the, the concept I think of, moving in with your parents um for a lot of people in the west it's kind of like oh my gosh you've hit like <laughs> you've hit rock bottom rock bottom <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah i mean it um it does help during uh during this time um mm-hmm. during these difficult times speaking of living with your parents did you struggle at any point during lockdown and or quarantine when you absolutely couldn't live leave the house and and you were living with your parents and your little brother like because when you are confined in a relatively small space of a two-bedroom apartment (laughs) (laughs) i kind of feel that you're coming from some uh, from somewhere here you're really like maybe this is coming from a good literal place my share (laughs) when it's my turn but let's ask you you know did you at any point struggle being in close proximity with your family for a very long time? Mm. 
I had to be very honest. I'm going to be very honest. No, we, we, I didn't really struggle. There wasn't really any, like, I really wish I could, um, get out of here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, right now, I mean, as we're talking right now, I am, I am trying to somehow like see if I could go and find my own place and all that. But mm-hmm. it's not because like, oh my gosh, I really want to get out of here. There's nothing, uh, there was nothing like that. Um, mm-hmm. It was, it was, I think it's, be, it was okay. I think it was because we've been living together ever since, like we've yeah. been, we've been together for, for ever since I was, uh, ever since I was born. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, there, there wasn't really anything. Um, yeah. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't like any arguments or any like, um scraping again uh against one another mm-hmm. um yeah it was uh it, it was okay and even though i am uh yeah i am a, i am an adult now and i've got like you know i've got my own life and all that i'm i'm blessed with parents who are you know they're not really they're not necessarily overbearing mm-hmm. um yeah so it was it was okay and anyways, nice. let, uh, let let us explore yours because you you obviously have some stuff you want to share. No, I mean I just felt frustration at uh, a certain yeah. point during lockdown quarantine because see I've I've essentially been living on my own since I was about eighteen, like a senior in high school, because my mom right. moved to Hawaii for work, and she'd only come back like on the weekends to just you know catch up with the family, make sure we haven't burned down the apartment. And then when I <laughs> graduated sure you high school- still have all your eyebrows. Yeah, exactly. And uh, when I graduated high school, I moved to the apartment I'm in now with my brother. And my brother was hardly ever home. And when you're, I guess, siblings, it's very different. It's obviously very different than living with a parent. It's of like, course. we know how to give each other total freedom. We don't like- Say like, hey, pick up after yourself. We just kind of vibe naturally. And uh, and then my brother, you know, got into a relationship and moved out. And so for a long time, it was just me with my mom checking in. Uh, every now and then. Every weekend or every other weekend, depending on what she was doing. And so I got used to it. I got used to living on my own. And mm. it was only towards the end of college for me that my mom moved back. And it was also around the time that, you know, the pandemic was going to, right, you know, going to make its impact on planet Earth. (laughs) So on top of adjusting to COVID and adjusting to, you know, my life without school and that sort of structure and routine, I was adjusting to my mom coming back into my life and being in my space. So there was a lot of things I was adjusting constantly adjusting to at the same time and if you know me I really like being alone I, I I like things done a certain way and like I know when I'm gonna do things and how I'm gonna do them and when my mom was here obviously you know she's older <laughs> older than me she she gave birth to me I respect her and she she's very much a woman who likes things her way and sometimes her way and my way would not vibe and so <laughs> Yeah, it just felt like I was a kid again. Like she would just be enforcing all these things on me. And there's this power struggle of, I need you to see me like an adult. 
because I am an adult. I'm not like 12 anymore. Right. And you know, we both had to adjust to being like, okay, you're an adult now. Obviously, I have to respect your boundaries and such and such, you know. And it was hard for me too. Like I had to be really firm about my boundaries because I wanted to be treated like an adult and I had to act like it too. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs, but eventually we got into the flow of things. You know, she found something that she could be interested in that wasn't nagging me. So that sounded so passive aggressive. I, I feel like here's the thing when you're stuck in like an apartment and you both don't have anything going on. It's right. very easy to pick on each other. Yes. To, for mental stimulation. Not even because you actually have a problem, but because your mind just wants to like be active. Right. And so I feel like sometimes it was just that. Like she would pick on me or I would pick a fight on her with her because we both were just so bored. And then she got into like her um, streaming thing. Which and you know obviously she felt fulfilled. She got to do something new and she got to sing, which is her passion. And then I got into my thing, which is like marketing and graphic design. And I had my my thing, and she had her thing. And I also got into um, like fitness. And so I have times when I don't want to be around her, I would just go downstairs and I would like walk laps or jog. And eventually you get into a flow of like, okay, now we know how to function around each other and not Mm -hmm. drive ourselves insane. Yeah. But how long did it take for you guys to find that, like, to find that? Well over a year. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, um, we come out stronger on the other side and my mom and I are closer than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think He's I think the, so. I think the reason favorite. why I think the reason why you had that sort of that adjustment is because you you were living alone for so long. Yeah. Like you've had you've like already experienced years, five. Yeah, exactly. So you already experienced what it's like living alone. How you were responsible for yourself. You were responsible for the mm-hmm. house. It was it, mm-hmm. it, it's technically your house at this point. Yeah. Uh. It actually and, is. I pay rent. Right. I forgot. Yes. I, <laughs> no, no, no. You don't. You you don't just. You don't just pay rent. You pay the rent. You pay. I everything. pay the rent. Yeah. yeah <laughs> let's just let's just make that clear. <laughs> let's clarify. I am yeah. the breadwinner. <laughs> she is under no. my roof, but then I'm completely scared <laughs> of her. So you know. Not that I'm scared of my mother, but I respect her. I will give way to her desires. She, she is under your roof, but she still gave birth to you. Yeah, exactly. So nothing will ever top that. No, yeah, exactly. Like, you can go, go up to her and say, like, I gave you a home. And then she could be like, I gave you life. Exactly. I pushed your giant head out of my hoo-ha. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. I was not a vaginal birth. I was a cesarean <laughs> um, that's for, still hey, isn't that worse I yeah mean, they like, had to I cut my mom open yeah, because i didn't yeah. i wouldn't come out the natural way exactly she could be like you were too big for me to push out so i had to be cut open like yeah you know i had to suffer i had i have i have a scar because of you 
<laughs> and what and, and what are you saying? Oh, oh, oh you're paying rent. Wow. <laughs> Good like, job. Wow, Danny. Rent. <laughs> Good <Sure>. job. <laughs> Yeah, but oh. yeah, I love my mom, and I'm actually gonna get a tattoo for her soonish. Nice. Well, what's it gonna be? I'm thinking like a like a music note, like a G. Oh, a G note. Nice, 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 nice. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah, because cool. my mom's name is Grace. If anyone wants to wonder why I'm gonna get like a G note tattooed on me, her it's name is right. Grace. <laughs> Maybe you could have said it. That's my favorite. That's my mom's favorite note. She can hear it <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> She yeah. could hear it everywhere. Like if she hears a genus, she's like, "Gee, <laughs> how in the world did you?" I mean, you did talk about how you were able to find that groove with your mom, but mm. how in the world were you able to cope up with all that stuff that you have to adjust with? Meaning, like you were like, like you said, you all the all this stuff came at the same time. Your mom coming back you uh graduating and not having a you know not having a job yet so how did you handle all that like all of that came at the same time yeah and this was also around well my mom came back i graduated end of 2019 so that's when my mom came back and i was also around the time covid hit so on top of dealing with that i was also dealing with a breakup I was dealing with a lot of things at once. Right. It was a very long period of growth for me, and it really just made me look at myself um, very deeply. Did a lot of inner work, and uh, yeah, I I went to therapy for a while. I um, also tried to understand myself better through meditation and like fitness. Um, and then it's just some hard conversations with my mother. Um, yeah. Yeah. At least you got. At least you were able to get through it. I mean, look at you where you are now. Like you've got a mm-hmm. job. Your mom's mm-hmm. still living with you, but you're not killing each other. You didn't end up killing each other. <laughs> yeah. So that is an accomplishment. It is. It is an accomplishment. I'm looking back at how my life was like before. COVID just before COVID hit and where I am now, I am, I'm very proud of myself for all the growth and all the struggles I went through to be the person I am today. It wasn't an easy climb, but like Miley Cyrus says, it's about the climb, you know, it's about all the hard things because you know, the best stuff doesn't come easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we've made it on this podcast. The use already quoted Miley Cyrus. So yeah that's the peak that's like (laughs) um what is i mean i've talked about like yeah i'm dealing with the loss of my grandmother but for you was there something um that you felt like you really lost during this pandemic i lost my cat all right yeah yeah fifi passed away during the pandemic or like like the really lockdowny part of the pandemic or actually, it was like a soft opening. It was like one of those soft, like partial, not really locked down type. It's situations. all a blur to me Listen, now. In Bangkok, like we've opened and closed so many times. It's it's kind of insane. Yeah, I can't, can't keep track anymore. Yeah, but I did lose my cat and it was very painful. And shortly after I lost my cat, I adopted my dog. But <laughs> yeah. 
here's like sometimes I think about it like if I had lost her earlier when everything was like super shut down like how would I have done that like I couldn't get her because she was sick for a while and like so I would I was going to the vet and then I had to go to the temple to get her cremated but like I can't imagine how that would have worked when it was like early stages when everything was closed except like a uh, grocery store I was like my cat would have probably just died way quicker we wouldn't have had those like two weeks yeah, extra yeah. together so yeah it's funny how timing works you think about like oh this struggle would have been easier or harder depending on what point of the pandemic we were in you know what i mean right yeah yeah and like like you said with your grandma like it was like just when the pandemic hit and people were very worried about covid concerns so like right away she was cremated and you guys didn't have that mourning period couldn't yeah, even yeah. see her couldn't even yeah, yeah oh it, it was wasn't like, it wasn't it wasn't right when the pandemic hit it was oh. um Oh, I think it was in the middle, but it was in the Philippines where um, the Philippines have has been under like has been under quarantine for the longest time. Yeah, it's I definitely mean, much un- worse there than it is here. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't unlike Bangkok. We're like, yeah, so here in Bangkok, we've had like closings, openings, semi openings. Stuff is open. Yeah. Some uh, some stuff is open. Some some are not. But for the general mm-hmm. part, like we weren't. Um, I think it was only during the early days um, that was the only time where it wasn't like, okay, we're not, we can't go. We really can't go out. There was no like, but I think there were, there was still public transportation. Like you see, like public transportation didn't even stop. You could still go on a, on a train, on a bus, on a taxi. Um, That's true. Yeah. But it wasn't like in the Philippines where they were like, like where my uh, where my grandma was living at that time, and like my uncles were, uh, they were in a lockdown where only one person uh, per household can go out to buy groceries, and they're and they have an assigned time and assigned day where this person could go out. So it was a really it was an actual lockdown where they can't go out of the house. It wasn't like me, like even like even in the early days, if we wanted to go out to get groceries, we could. Any time, of, uh, any time of the day. And we could choose, like, you know, we could go to, like, we usually go to a nearby one here in Villa or we would go to Megabangna and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that happened. In the, I think it, it happened in the middle of, of lockdown. But it was so, um, because of the pandemic and because she was labeled as someone who was possibly COVID positive, like she didn't even have a coffin. Uh, she was just brought over to the crematorium just, and then that was, and then that was it. And then um, it was like, who is it? Like my, my mom, it's my mom's mom. So it's my mom and her, and her eldest brother um, who's also in another country. I mean, all of us, uh, and the both of us, we all just had to watch through zoom like how we like we we couldn't even like see the body get cremated. We just saw it like, okay, they 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 brought her in and that's it. That's all we're gonna see because you know uh, we we can't see it anymore. Um, oh yeah, and not even just not even the people, not even just us who are in uh, uh, other countries. Even those who are in the Philippines, because she had my grandma had a sister uh, uh, over in Manila. 
and Manila is still a few hours away from where we lived. So they can't go, they can't go to where my grandma was. So they all just had to uh, view it through a, through a zoom screen. And I mean, I'm not, I, I know that for, for many, uh, there are, there are also many people uh, around the world who also like experience something like that, where, I mean, I mean, there are people who, who had it worse, right? There are people who, who lost people because of COVID and they couldn't even say, they couldn't even say goodbye. They couldn't even see these people, um, their loved ones. They just like, you know, doctors who just call up and say, that's it. They're gone. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I mean, at least we had, um, yeah, we didn't have the traditional funeral. There was always that, um, uh, there's always that like look on the bright side, I guess. There's always that, um, that, uh, that silver lining still. And also, um, a few weeks before that, I we I was still able to like talk with my grandma, and um, actually, come to think of it, I was also the last person to see her alive, because that that time when we hung out in the Philippines, that was the time when I actually saw her, because yeah, yeah. yeah that was 2019, right? Uh, because I had gone home earlier, um, like October, November, and then I went back, at, uh, and then. I went home because of like a church camp over there. And then I got that email inviting me to an event um, in the Philippines. So I went back, I went back to Thailand for like a month. Come December, I went back home and then I got to see, and then I got to see her not knowing it was going to be the last time I was, uh, I was going to see her. The rest of our conversations were all on like Facebook messaging and, um, just video calls but i am still uh, i mean i i do still want to i'm still thankful for uh, i really do believe that uh god preserved me and i really do believe that he preserved you too um over this time uh there's so many so many so many losses not just in terms of like people but there's so many people who have lost so many things during this pandemic. Um, yeah, I'm a writer and I and I and I work and I write about like um, restaurants and stuff. And um, so I I know how hard it is, especially for like the the food and beverage industry, like restaurants here. Like oh my gosh, they're um, the struggles that they've had and the uh, the annoyance that they've had with all like the regulations and all that. So there are people out there who are like legit struggling, like, like they really are struggling. And meanwhile, here we are. I mean, like our struggles are what, like, okay, our mom, our moms are going to nag us. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's like the struggle that we've First had. world problems. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I mean, I like if, if your mom doesn't nag you, she's not really a mom, is she? Yeah, I feel like that's like a the basic requirement. It's like you have to bother your child just a bit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What good thing came out of the pandemic for you? Oh, nice. Because we talked about struggles, we talked about loss, but let's end this on a good and hopeful note. Nice. You know, during this dark time, what was the light? I really, I really do believe, um, I really do believe, I really do believe. <laughs> I do believe, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I do declare. Um, no, this pandemic really showed just how 
just how good God is in my life and just mm-hmm. how just how he's really preserving me uh mm-hmm. and my family because it's so it's so uh it's so unlikely we we had a new we moved to a new room not a new house we were still um i mean we just moved in the same apartment complex but we moved to a better a bigger and better room mm-hmm. uh, during in the middle of the pandemic uh when the pandemic started my dad started his retirement and it's all these things like in the natural in the like in the logical or natural sense it makes no sense like he he's going to have a retirement i'm still living here um it may uh like we wouldn't be able to afford like this house or whatever which is why actually in the middle of, uh, in the beginning of the pandemic i was actually saying or before he was going to retire i was we were talking and i and i think this is one of those things where like this is why we there wasn't really any friction um between me and my parents or like even my brother um living together because we were able to talk things out and i said hey um um i could move out i was offering like i could move out when dad retires because i don't want him um you know i don't want me living off his um living off his money when he's not making any uh any more uh when he's not working anymore he doesn't have a salary and they're just like no it's okay we'll we'll we'll, we'll say we'll figure it out it's been two years since my dad has retired and yeah mm-hmm. we're still here <laughs> um we're, we're we're still able uh we're still able to afford this house i do pay i do pay uh i do get a share in the rent uh uh i pay rent not the you rent. pay rent <laughs> yes i pay rent <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't pay the rent i just pay mm-hmm. rent <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh yeah and um yeah we we were able to move to a new house i was um i didn't lose my job and for the majority of the um for the majority of the pandemic i didn't have i didn't have any any decrease in pay and when it finally happened when i did get um a, a pay cut it was minimal mm-hmm. um and during that time i was also able to get some um some extra money from streaming i started streaming uh and none of my parents we we didn't get sick um we were provided with a with a vaccination for free um we are we're fully vaxxed now so there's just so like like literally we we um there's that verse in the bible right the psalms 23 um that's so common like the lord is my shepherd i I uh, I shall not want or I lack nothing and I really like that was really just so true during this pandemic we didn't real we, we didn't lack anything mm-hmm. um yeah we were uh, everything was well uh, god really provided everything for us bless that's wonderful yeah legit how about you dg what's a what's a good thing you got out of the pandemic uh pandemic if anything i adopted my dog during the pandemic Yay! During, during one of the soft openings. And I feel like Rosie was like a very big part in, she played a very big part in my mental health. Because, you know, when you're kind of locked down, you sort of, you feel a little bit, a bit beaten down, you know? you Especially when you, at some point, you don't really have work or things like that. And, you know, she was a big factor in me getting out of bed and you know making sure she's walked uh i would feed her and i would remind me that i need to feed me too 
And in taking care of her, you know, I found purpose because I was like, oh, I have, I have mm. to step up for this dog because I promised I'd take care of her. You know, that's that's the responsibility you take home when you adopt a dog. And she really gave me companionship when I needed it. And it's not like my friends aren't like great companions, but sometimes you want companionship where you don't want to talk. You just exactly. kind of want to watch, watch something exist. And I feel like if I did that with you, it'd be weird. I'd be like, Eric, can you just like, watch it like this? You know, and it's different. It's like, I, that sounds like a, that sounds like something a serial like a stalker, killer would say. Like a not stalker even a stalker, film. man. Not even a stalker. Like, like, can I watch you exist? Oh <laughs> gosh, it's creepy. But yeah, it's like, I, I raised her since she was like a baby and I got to watch all these little changes happen to her. I really watched her grow. I really understood what it meant to like love something so much. Like I clean this dog's diarrhea with no fear, no complaint. I just love her so much. Like I don't care. She poops her kennel and I'd be like, you know, it's okay. Are you okay? Clean you up now, clean your kennel. And I I, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. She taught me a lot about, you know, responsibility and the importance of like a routine and caring for something and like how much you can love something. Right. That beauty in I want to say I don't want to say service because it's not like she's paying me to do these things. But there's like beauty in the sort of mundane struggle and like caring for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, cleaning up diarrhea. Let's be honest; it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous even, at all. Even if you do love the dog or love the love the person, yeah. if you have to clean diarrhea, well, let, let's it's, just be. It, it, it's not like yay, yeah, poo. And, like, <laughs> and Rosie had like an insane teething phase. Like at one point, my forearms all were right. covered in like scratches and bite marks. I remember that. I didn't care. And I remember she like bit through like the skin of my finger, like a proper, like I could have, I should have maybe gotten stitches, but I didn't. I can still see a faint outline of the scar. And she put holes in my favorite shirt. Like if I have a shirt and I know I like it, I know she's put a shirt, uh, a hole in it. Because it's, because it's her favorite too. It becomes her favorite too. She should like pull it like, like in the side or the front, I would find like little holes. And I know it's like, ah, Rosie got to me. But yeah, I still love her so much. You know, she's she's my child, my furry baby. <laughs> and I'm so happy. Like I adopted her when I'm like older in my mid 20s. Right. Like, I actually understand responsibility now. And I have a means to like take care of her. I have the time to take care of her, too. I'm not like in school. Like she is my priority ish. When she was a puppy, she was my priority. Now that she's older, I'm just like breakfast and dinner and then we walk at one point and then she's like yeah cool and she yeah. loves me most of the day <laughs> no, but, but it's nice but, to like yeah but i think um i think people should also realize that just to just to give you guys a bit of context rosie really needed supervision a lot back when she was young. a lot of supervision yeah. so the fact that that the fact that dj can now just like you know walk her and just give her meals that's really like a big step up yeah because she used to chew like the legs of the couch and that's made out of metal and I don't know how safe that was for her I used to have to like put all of her food in Kongs just to mentally exhaust her in hopes that she wouldn't chew anything else and she'd just be passed out (laughs) and now she's like broke 
broken because I put her food in a bowl and she still noses it. Like she noses the Kong to get the food out. I'm like, Rosie, you don't have to do that anymore. It's in a bowl. You can just eat it out of the bowl. But she doesn't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be deceived again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's so rewarding to love something when it's small and incapable and right. watching it grow up to something capable and independent. Yeah. Well then, I guess this is uh, for ever for anyone listening. This is your sign. Go adopt a dog, a dog. right now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, in fact, DG, why don't you tell us where you adopted Rosie? Because it's a good. It's actually a great place. Yes. Okay, so if you are in Bangkok, uh, look up the Adoptable Puppy Cafe. You can follow them on Instagram. They're also on Facebook, and they hold events at usually Union Square every Saturday, from I think noon to three and they usually have a bunch of puppies i think so yeah because we're we're opening up so or we have opened up if gyms are open i'm pretty sure the adoptable puppy cafe is back on so yeah check it out they usually have like 15 puppies every week Mm -hmm. and they're from soy dog and rosie came from i think thai van dog she wasn't from Soy Dog. She was from another dog rescue thing in Rayong. But they, cool. they take a couple of puppies from a lot of foundations and give them an opportunity to find their forever home. Right. So and Adoptable Coffee. Adoptable Coffee. Adoptable Puppy Cafe. Cafe, yeah. Ad- and if you can't adopt, they do sell like tote bags and shirts and baked goods. So if you can't support by adopting a dog, you can buy some some really cute stuff and that money those proceedings will go to the dogs for their food and supplies and such we definitely need to visit sometime and i'll vlog it because i haven't yeah. vlogged in a while so we'll vlog and you have it. to hold me back and make sure i don't adopt another dog <laughs> you know me i'm not gonna do that to you i'm probably gonna go do it then Good. yeah i mean i don't know if you follow me on instagram i don't really expose my instagram here but eric does but if you look at my stories i've been like posting all these dogs that I either want to adopt or dogs that need fostering which and fostering is super cool because you don't have to take the dog long term they just like need a home for a month or two and you watch them they'll give you like oh the bowls and the food yeah but who can do that like seriously who can do that it's like oh I'll just take a dog for like a month like I dare you I dare you not to fall in love with that dog within a month like within a it'll be a foster fail and then you just keep the dog They'll just be like, I give in. Give me the papers. Let yeah, me just say uh, <laughs> Like, for Rosie, I was actually quite scared to adopt her in the start because I have a, another dog, Kim, and she's very old. And I didn't really know what it would be like bringing a new dog, a younger puppy in. And so it was actually like, oh, you can take her for like a week. And if it doesn't work out in the week, you can give her back. But you just have to pay for the fare to get drive her all the way to the province but obviously (laughs) i fell in love with her even if it was a struggle sometimes and i kept her and it was the best decision i've ever made but how difficult is it gonna be like imagine if someone actually did that like you you send the dog back home not home you sent you send the dog back to like uh the the foundation like a rescue place like oh my gosh like they get used to sleeping on a bed and having three meals that they don't have to fight over. And then you just then, send them back to like this place where they don't have a bed 
they have to fight over food with a bunch of other dogs and they don't get yeah. one-on-one time with this one person that's like they see all the time oh it yeah. hurts my heart i'm gonna hug my dog after i know this. right <laughs> i know all right well anyways once again adoptable puppy cafe here in bangkok um search them on facebook and on instagram if you are not in thailand uh if you're not in bangkok uh there are some um dog shelters i think in yeah. i know there's one in phuket uh like mm-hmm. uh, dg said like rayong so mm-hmm. give them a search there's there, there are places where you could adopt a dog and if you're not in yeah if you're not in thailand at all just search a place there's probably a place yeah. where you can go adopt a dog but anyways so we were talking foundation yeah, we were talking about COVID and we suddenly uh, got around to talking about dogs. Dogs, which is the best thing to end with. Exactly. It's an organic podcast, like mm-hmm. I say. Yeah. All right. Oh, and if you don't like dogs, they also have the adoptable kitty cafe, cat cafe on Sundays. So dogs nice. on Saturdays on Sundays, I think. If you're a cat so person. If you're a cat person, yeah. Yeah. If you're a snake person, we're, we're of no help with uh, whatsoever. <laughs> you're alone there, bro. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um it's a more casual one and uh yeah, w- we know that uh the pandemic is still going on and I think uh we are starting to realize that we have to live with COVID. Um mm-hmm. but I think we can anyways. Yeah. And um yeah, so I know we've gone through some struggles. Uh I know we've gone through hardships and we've gone through losses during this pandemic, but Hey, if you're listening to this, you're still here. We're still here. And, uh, I think that deserves a pat on the back. Uh, yeah. yeah. That deserves a high five, a self five, self five. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, get vaccinated, be safe and, uh, wear a mask. Be kind. Be kind. And yeah, wear a mask and then be kind after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. How are you? <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week. Uh, we uh, will see you again next week. We have some stuff planned, so uh, uh, watch mm-hmm. out for that. Uh, so goodbye, guys. See you. Uh, DG, say bye. Bye.